Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. These guys are ridiculous. These guys are ridiculous. Now, how about them damn Celtics? And we are back with another episode of How About Them Celtics. Sam and I are here recording on Monday, September 4th in the depths of the offseason. But yet again, we have scrounged together enough Celtics content to fill a show. It is late. It's 11 p.m. as we're recording this. this busy is days. literally terrible. But uh, <laughs> uh, busy days. You know, we got stuff going on this summer, but we are. I haven't even showered. Content. I haven't that's, showered. That's I can't. Like all, uh, people better watch week. this. I swear to God, if I wake up tomorrow and like there's like 90 views on this when I wake up, I'm going to be so upset. It's what I like to call a YP, a you problem, sir. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. It's an us problem, buddy. <laughs> I'm up this late anyways. I am I am not complaining. I am fine. It doesn't I'm matter. Ready to if you wake up and you see 90 views, it's still an us problem. Oh, oh I meant the uh, the shower. I was like, ah, that's a, that's a you. Uh, no, but we are here. We've got some Celtic stuff to dive into, and we'll start. With Jason Tatum and Paul Pierce, we talked about it a few weeks ago. They were working out together. Well, they're still working out together. Videos of them in the gym, hanging out. And uh, obviously, there's not much to talk about just from the perspective of, oh, yeah, cool, they're working out. But I wanted to ask you, because I think an interesting point of conversation is, if you had to pick any advice or one thing you would want Paul Pierce to pass down to Jason Tatum, what would it be? And I I think that's a genuine thing, because, like, they're working out together, and it's cool to see them, you know, you know hitting them you know weights all this stuff like oh doing drills blah blah blah. but like genuinely paul pierce is one of the best celtics to ever play in the green and white he won a title here in 08 as the top option he spent tons and tons of games and years with the franchise jason tatum is hoping to be the next celtics great he certainly looks like he could be on his way what do you want paul pierce to to teach jason tatum i really would like what is what is really tatum's biggest flaw at this point because, like, my first instinct was to show up in the big moments, but I feel like Tatum, for the most part, has been pretty good mm-hmm. in big games. Besides rolling his ankle against the Heat in Game 7, he's been phenomenal when the Celtics have their backs against the wall. So I don't think that's it. I really would like to see a way for him to put a whole season together. I, I think that's my biggest gripe. Because I feel like Tatum should have the opportunity to win an MVP he probably could have already won an MVP if he could just play an entire season consistently. This isn't even a load management thing. It's just like, don't suck for a month at a time and you'll be fine. You'll win an MVP. I think Pierce would be a good guy for that. Um, Other advice I might want him to be giving Tatum is just how to be a leader. Pierce was the captain on this team. He's really the last one that people remember. Rondo was a captain for six months or whatever, but Pierce was the captain when they won the title. Uh, Even when Garnett and Allen came in, they kind of all followed his lead as well as KG a bit. So I I would really like to see that with Horford starting to fizzle out with Marcus Smart gone. That's another thing I would say. So play a whole season consistently play well and become more of a leader in the locker room. And I, I think we're getting there with Tatum, but that's my initial take. 
Yeah, I, I was going to go with the leadership thing, especially now that Marcus Smart's gone. You really need Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown to step up into that leadership role. Like, as much as Al Horford's going to be there to help lead from the bench, as much as Malcolm Brogdon and these other veterans on the team are going to be there, even if Blake comes back, like, you think that's funny, but he's probably going to be a locker room voice on this team. It is time for Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown to be the quote unquote captains of this team. And as much as, you know, they've been the best players for the past few years, Marcus Smart's been the vocal leader. Like there, there's no way around that. He's been the veteran in the locker room. He's been the guy that people look to for all this stuff and he's gone. And again, Horford's there, but you need Tatum and Brown to assume that role. So I think that would be the biggest thing that I would be hoping for Paul Pierce to pass down because he was the leader of the Celtics for <laughs> two decades, nearly <laughs> like he was the guy. And uh, that's, that's really what I'd like to see as far as the MVP thing. I think that's important too. I was just trying to look quickly because I didn't look at it beforehand. What was the closest Pierce got to winning MVP? Do you know off the top of your head? I think he got fifth place one year. I was looking to find it in like the best season I saw was 0506, but the Celtics weren't particularly good that year. And so he wasn't even like on the ballot. And then the, the, the year they won the title, he was like eighth, ninth so he wasn't really close either and i i think there was a fifth fifth place year yeah so i I mean there's really nowhere to really look for that i've been looking on basketball reference they have all the voting but i have to go year by year like i can't just look like player by exactly yeah it's um i mean from that metric tatum's gotten closer than pierce did because he what did he get fourth this past season behind yeah the big men and Giannis. and like you said i mean all it's gonna take for jason tatum not to disappear for a month and he probably would yeah i mean literally fourth place this year he sucks so bad that i had a running joke that people shouldn't buy his shoes <laughs> it was bad and then one me. guy got real mad at me on twitter it wasn't great for a minute there but uh yeah, no, I mean, it's always good to see the older generation or the uh, past generations working out with the current players. Uh, I know that's something you look for a lot. So good for good for uh, Pearson Tatum. All right. Next thing. This was something we were considering doing last show that we're going to do now because it's the offseason and, and we're, we're bare here. So last episode, we drafted the Celtics. Right. And we've been doing a lot of drafts this summer. I enjoy them. I think they're fun. I know I personally like them and hopefully you guys don't mind them either. Um, we drafted the Celtics roster and we went back and forth, back and forth. We drafted teams around Jason Tatum. I thought it'd be fun if we, or we didn't necessarily draft teams around Tatum. We built teams, right? So the format I came up with here is one of us gets Jason. One of us gets Jalen and off rip. You'll be like, okay, well, the team with Jason will be better. The stipulation is the team with Jason. You can pick a current all-star. We're doing this with current players. You can pick an all-star. If you get Jalen, you get an MVP because Jason Tatum's an MVP caliber player. Jalen Brown's an all-star. So you just get to pair them with one of the opposite ones. And then you pick three role players and we're just going to draft teams. Welcome to September, Sam. We're, we're, I'm, I'm trying to get creative here. I'm I'm trying to put together some content. So no, um, I I wanted to shit on this, but I'm not gonna. Yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah. All right. Um, I'll ask you first. I'll let you choose. Do you want Tatum and an all-star? Do you want Jalen and a super and a superstar or MVP? Give me uh, just mm. give me Jalen. I'll, I'll take Jalen. Okay. I took Tatum last time. That's fine. That's fine. All right. Uh, so since it doesn't interfere, we'll go All Star to MVP. I haven't thought too much about it. I've thought about it a little bit. It's. I feel like Tatum is low key the best. He was the best All Star you could choose without being a Hall of Famer in the last draft. You know, remember when we did like, okay, you can't sure. pick up a current Hall of Famer. And so it's tougher to pick a, a non-MVP caliber um, all-star right now. 
I think the closest I can get, do you put Devin Booker in the MVP caliber? Would I be banned no. from picking Devin Booker? Okay, so I'll go, I'll pick yeah, Devin go, Booker. Go ahead. To put next to uh to Tatum. That'll be, I, I feel like that's the best I can get without reaching into the MVP pool of players for my sure. um my second star. So I'll put it I Devin think... Booker with uh, him. I had an idea in my head I got Jalen. Okay. Yeah. I, sure. I was also like kind of thinking, like, what if I pick Steph Curry? That's, That's like, what I was gonna go with. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, you know what? I'll take Steph Curry. Okay, yeah. Sure. Because I think you really need a a, a real scorer on this team. I don't know. Not to say Jokic isn't that, but I feel like Jalen would work better with a guy that is cutting off the ball and making things easier for his teammates, where Jokic is more of a heliocentric pass guy. I don't know. No, I know what you mean. I was going to go Curry, too. I figured you'd get the playmaking, you get the shooting, you get the guy who's going to have somebody the ball to handle the ball. The time. Yeah, <clears throat> exactly. That's, That's really what it was. All right. Uh, I'll let you lead off here since you took Jalen and I got Tatum. You can pick the first role player, whatever you want to go to fill out the rest of your lineup. Okay, so I have point guard. I have Jalen who I can play yeah. at the two or three. Yeah. So this is role player just means not an all-star or not an all-star caliber. Like, don't pick Jalen Brunson. You know what I'm saying? Because he's an all-star caliber. So, like, actual okay. role players. Sure, sure, sure. That's the idea. Okay. This is oh, where it gets I interesting. Really think about this. Yeah, this is where it gets interesting. I, I, I thought it would be. I mean, <laughs> I guess if you want to, sure. Why not? Yeah, I'm going to pick 1B. <laughs> sure. All right. You can have 1B. Um, oh, Man, this is tough. It's tough to ride the line of role player versus uh, star. So I've got Tatum and Booker. I kind of want a center. I'm going to go Miles Turner. Get a guy oh, that's a good defend. pick. That's better yeah. than Wemby. I'll get a guy who can defend, guy who can make some shots. It's close. We'll see how Wemby does this first year. He Wemby was really good last pick. year, especially next He was Calibre. really good. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I'll go Turner. Oh, you go ahead again because oh, we're doing we can do the, the role players as a snake. Sure. Okay. Um, oh, Man, I want to get really point matters. guard. No, I want a point guard to put next to them. I want somebody who can play make. I, my my bias point of view wants to go Derek White or Marcus Smart, but I feel like I want someone who like play makes a little bit more than those guys. Should we say <sighs> no Celtics? Not. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Say we no can do Celtics. no Celtics, and I'll do no Marcus Smart too because he's effectively a Celtic. Um, do I go? <laughs> would it be crazy of me to pick Josh Giddy? No, that's a good pick. <laughs> I think I'm gonna pick Josh Giddy. It's not as much of a defensive presence as I want, but Josh Giddy's a damn good playmaker. I'll go Josh Giddy. Yeah, why not? Fuck it. I'm picking OG. Yeah, that I was I was considering OG, but I already had Tatum, so I'm like, I, I won't go him. That's a good pick. OG's really oh, I good. Have another pick. Yeah, you okay. Do. So I have center, two four. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we'll we'll go another bigger forward for this pick. Yeah. I haven't thought of who it is yet, but I will pick them. Hmm. <laughs> Mm, okay, I think I have my last pick. I'm hoping you don't you snipe him. Last pick. I'm hoping you don't steal him. Uh... <clears throat> this is tough. I'm trying mm. to flip through all in my head and pick the right yeah. guy. I know the a really good play. Uh, actually, I don't know if he'd fit as well in your team, but I know who I want. <clears throat> it's tough. The role pl- picking the role pick players is tough because you have to think through. Okay. Uh, Wemby, you have Wemby. Right now, you have Steph Curry, Jalen Brown, OG Ananobi. Victor Wembanyama with your four pieces. So you could, I mean, you could pick a shooting guard or you could pick a power forward here. That's kind of where I'm at too. I want, I, I want to go power forward. I think we need yeah. a little more size. Me and the boys. Yeah. 
How there is how some am I really struggling this bad. I can give you some options. I just I'm not gonna give you the guy I'm thinking of if you want me to throw out some names, but <clears throat> uh you could go like if you want to go Josh Hart, you could play him up. That's a no. good one. Kyle Kuzma is not gonna give you as much defense, but he can score the ball. Um Bruce Brown, if you want to go a little bit of everything. He's shorter, but give me Aaron Gordon. I'm so <laughs> <laughs> no! Yeah, I should I shouldn't have said Bruce good. Brown. You probably thought Bruce Brown Nuggets than Aaron Gordon. Yeah, Shit. I did. Oh, sorry it took so long. That's fine. Well, I would be less mad if you didn't steal the guy that I was gonna pick for my team. Oh, that's tragic. Um, shit, man. Oh, that just ruined my whole fucking hmm. thought process. Ah, uh, it's defense too. Yeah, that's why I was gonna pick you, fucking asshole. Um, I could go Jaden McDaniels. Don't you go? Is he shoot well from three? Yeah, I'll go Jaden McDaniels. He was really good for Minnesota last year. I'll pick him. Um, all right. So that means my team ended up with what am I point guard? Josh Giddy, Devin Booker, Jason Tatum, Jaden McDaniels, Miles Turner, and you ended up with Steph Curry, Jalen Brown, OG Ananobi, Aaron Gordon, Victor Wembanyama. Sure did. Yeah. Let us know. Let, Let us, us know, know who you think. Better. Maybe we write this up for this another pretty fun. article. Yeah. Okay. You're about to crap on me for my idea, and uh, I'm glad you came. No, out. I was. I wasn't gonna like directly crap on it. I was just like, what if I just went through, and I picked Tatum as my MVP, and I just picked the rest of the Celtics. You're that, that wouldn't even work because only one of us could have Tatum and one of us could have. Oh, you mean Tatum and then the rest of the team? I mean, that'd probably stand yeah. up pretty well to. Uh, I mean, well, you couldn't pick Porzingis because he's all star level, or he'd probably qualify well, for that. Go so. last year's team. <clears throat> sure. Hey, you want, I think we and had I'd just make Ime the coach because that would have fixed everything. <laughs> Terrible. All right. <laughs> Comments just the light worst. on fire. Everyone's like, damn right. Just the worst. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, next thing we have, Gilbert Arenas talking about former Celtic Kevin Garnett and Tim Duncan. I just thought this was interesting. I think this is a little bit old, but I, we did, never talked about it, and so I wanted to bring it up. Basically, he's saying, what I'm saying, this is Gilbert Arenas' quote from his podcast, what I'm saying is if you switch them, you've got one who is coming on a team that is already dominant, um, and he's just a fill-in piece versus KG coming on a bad team and having to work himself up and build True. up. Basically, his argument is like, KG could have been Tim Duncan if they were switch positions. I th- I think KG does get I think he gets respected enough in these conversations. Like he he's pretty normally in the top 25 players of all times, top whatever it is. I just think saying I, I think calling Tim Duncan a fill-in piece is kind of nuts. Like that's just a, a little bit too disrespectful for my liking. I, I appreciate Gilbert Arenas saying, like, okay, these guys are closer to the same level than people realize. But saying like a big part of his argument was. Tim Duncan was only good because he joined a Spurs team that already had David Robinson, these people. And I'm not going to sit here and say that didn't help Tim Duncan, but saying he wouldn't have been good without that pre-built infrastructure around him in San Antonio is, is just, it's just a bit disrespectful to Tim Duncan. Again, appreciate the KG love too far. I think to say Tim Duncan wouldn't have been good without the Spurs. No, I mean, I know it's, it's September. You have to like talk about stuff like this. 
but to me these like player conversations are so useless like yeah yeah dude you put gilbert arenas on uh <laughs> let's just say uh the monday warriors he probably could be very productive too like it doesn't really matter good. like this is yeah. the career they had these are the guys they played with this is the situation they came into and this is what happened there's no yeah. flip-flop if you want to do that load up your 2k and do it that's the most fun way to do it because <laughs> you can actually like have some kind of sim results if you just want to like spitball around and be like this guy's better than that guy one you're not going to get anywhere two you're going to come off as disrespecting one of the guys but three you're going to get those clicks so just another case of a, everybody having a microphone everyone as far as kg game. versus tim duncan goes it's really tough because there is some like argument for it as you see here but at the same time like duncan's teams were widely successful did he ever miss the playoffs i don't really know off the top of my head you know good question i can look for you real quick he won at least one mvp my one two won five titles like two mvps one of the best careers ever yeah how many two mvps yeah yep he missed the playoffs in 2000 it looks like and then after that, no. no. <laughs> he was okay. the playoffs one time in his career. So that's pretty good. Was that an injury or? Because they were uh, 1999, 2000. Because they, they had just team, won a title. This first team did make the playoffs. Tim Duncan didn't play in the playoffs. So he, probably, he probably did get hurt. Yeah. Yeah. And they lost in the first round, probably because Tim Duncan wasn't. Yeah. There. So um, essentially, one, he was a great driving force behind san antonio's success throughout his whole career two the team was good enough that when he went down they still made the playoffs in the whole nine but to have a run of sustained success like that as a player is so respectable it's not like they were just sneaking into the playoffs every year they were also winning rounds winning five championships along the way he played against great players at the beginning and at the end of his career. He was playing against those Shaq and Kobe Lakers in the Western Conference to try and get to yeah. the finals early in the 2000s. Then he was taking on the LeBron-led Heat, 2013, Thunder. 2014. KD Thunder. KD Thunder. Uh, mm-hmm. Kobe again, I guess, if you really want to be like, oh my God, the, the, the tenure. But seriously, it wasn't easy for them. No. So you have to respect it. You have no choice. It, it Even... Even though Tim Duncan is not like a guy you're looking up a mixtape for, doesn't mean he wasn't effective and he wasn't nasty. He's probably one of the most underrated players in NBA history because he didn't probably should have been a Celtic. (laughs) Probably should have been a Celtic. And for what it's worth, like you look at these all time lists, like I just pulled up the athletics for reference. Tim Duncan is nine and KG is 17. It's not like they're ridiculously fall apart on most of these lists. And for Kevin Garnett's respect, he took a uh, Timberwolves team to the Western Conference Finals in 2004, that second-best player, MVP which season. MVP season, all due respect to the current Celtics coach, Sam Cassell was the second-leading scorer on that team. So, like, taking them to the Western Conference Finals, give, give KG a ton of credit for that Does run. KG tw- deserve more LeBron talk? Where, oh, my God, he took this bag of corpses so far. Probably. I mean, he probably had a little bit better uh, than LeBron did with Sam Cassell. He also had the uh, old Latrell Sprewell. I don't know. Maybe he does, but he in the playoffs that year. In the <laughs> playoffs that, point, that year, though, the league was so dilated that all the teams were kind of like that. Like they were yeah. top heavy. In the playoffs, which is kind of fun. 
Yeah, 18 games, playoffs, 24 points, 14.6 rebounds, 5.1 assists, 1.3 steals, 2.3 blocks. Like, Prime KG was a uh, a problem, as they say. But Motherfucker. it's just there's nothing you can you can like you said. There's no point in saying, oh, what if this it just didn't happen? So it's off season it time. It is what it is. Load up your but... 2K. Have fun. Do all the what ifs on 2K. <laughs> or or if you really want to do it, which is something we should consider really like doing, is like go in depth and be like this could have happened, or like like really explain it. Don't just like throw it out there and be like, well. This guy sucks. Like, that's essentially what this is. Like, he is trying to throw Tim Duncan under the bus, attaching KG to it, gets our attention because we obviously, I literally have a KG hat on right now. And it's just kind of like nonsense. It's boring. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's overdone. Like, I agree. I don't know. I don't care. Stop giving agree, everybody but... a microphone is, is my response. <laughs> oh my God. I didn't see all of these. I didn't see all of these added bullets to this. Yeah, these are just all the quotes. It just wasn't worth me reading. Okay, all the I didn't see them. I'm sorry. <laughs> these are all Gilbert Arenas quotes. But it's on page two. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Speaking of Tim Duncan, though, we have our daily email check-in, and we are checking in on the should have had Tim Duncan Celtics actually. So it's funny you mentioned that. RJ's a little little uh, tidbit for us today. The Shout out RJ teacher. Johnson. <clears throat> Thank you very much. Titled email 1970 or 1997 seven ninety eight. Focus on dot, 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 not Tim Duncan. <laughs> we are in the Rick Pitino years, the first year of Rick Pitino guiding the Celtics deep sigh. Uh, going into the 97 draft lottery, the Celtics had the best chance to get Tim Duncan, not only because their own record was abysmal. Uh, ML Carr had pulled off a nice trade before turning Eric Montross in the 96 first round pick swap into Antoine Walker. Uh, and what would be today's future draft player, Ron Mercer, sixth overall. Mercer was a six foot seven wing. Back then he was a shooting guard forward who was good in the mid-range, but never developed a three-pointer. Coming into the draft, Mercer, Mercer was seen as a top-three talent. Based on the upside he showed in his second year at Kentucky, people thought he was an excellent consolation prize. Chauncey, uh, Alongside Chauncey Billups for the Celtics for the first five years of his career, he averaged between 15 and 19 points. But apart from his rookie season where he played 80 games, Mercer only exceeded 60 games three other times in his eight-year career due to a knee injury. Played for seven different teams during that period and was involved in four trades. Either his skill set or his contract were popular. Why Mercer? Is, why is RJ teaching us about Ron Mercer today. Similar to Sam forgetting that Jared Walsh and Sam Hauser or Jordan Walsh and Sam Hauser are on the current Celtics. Lots of people overlook Mercer, focusing more on Patino being King Rat. Shout out, RJ. The Celtics are losing out on Tim Duncan and then trading Phillips away in the middle of his rookie season. Before Mercer dinged up his knee, he was the reason Patino was upset at not getting Dirk Nowitzki in the 98 draft and had to quote-unquote settle for Paul Pierce in number 10. Ironically, Pierce being on the roster made it easy for the Celtics to move on from Mercer and his knee injury. One wonders what a late 90s squad of Antoine Walker, a healthy Ron Mercer, and Dirk would have looked like. I'm sure the Rick Tater did. Similar players to Ron Mercer, Della Vadova, Eddie House, Kent Bazemore. Trade trivia. Well, he gave us the answer here, but uh, I don't know if Sam can see it, so I'll, I'll give Sam the, the trivia I'm, once, I'm his, here. Uh, I'm here. once his computer turns on. Don't look at the screen, Sam. In February 2000, he Mercer was traded with Billups to what team? I don't know if you can see it on the screen, but if you can't, tell me the answer. Uh, where were they traded from the Celtics? With in 2000, so this is after Billups was traded away from the Celtics, so they got traded together again. Yeah, apparently, <sighs> apparently, <laughs> but not. I'm just trying to think of where Chauncey went. It's not, it's not Minnesota, is it? It is not. I'm gonna, or is it Denver? This, but it is not. It's Orlando, is the Orlando. answer. Orlando, 
Yeah, I which I didn't know. Did Chauncey Phillips ever play for Orlando? He did not. So there must have been something okay. going on there where something was weird. Um, I want to okay. find the trade now, though, because that is odd, right? Yeah, I'm trying to think. Let's see. Well, I don't I'll even know. It. Did Mercer get traded to Toronto with Phillips? Because that's where Phillips got traded to initially. This is in 2001. So I'm trying to find where they were traded. <clears throat> okay. Found the trade. February 1st, 2000. The Magic traded Tariq Abdul-Wahad, Chris Gatling, and a future first to the Nuggets for Chauncey Billups, Ron Mercer, and Johnny Taylor. Okay. Um, I don't know what happened past that because they never played for Orlando, it seems like. But uh, yeah, that trade did in fact happen, which is very odd. But uh, anyways, Rick Pitino trivia. Let's see. Prior to the 97 draft, Pitino, Mercer's college coach at Kentucky, talked him down. Uh, many scouts had him a top three prospect so as to draft him at six. Apparently it worked. So Rick Pitino basically said, no, guys, this guy sucks. Don't worry about it. Just to take him at pick six, which uh, whatever. <laughs> Good for Rick Pitino. Whatever he wants to do. What a guy. Uh, anyways, right. I assume you knew about Ron Mercer, Sam, correct? I was aware of him. I didn't know that much. I'm, I'm actually kind of grateful for that email. We had a Rick Fox one in there, too. You didn't read it. Oh, is there another email that I missed? Yes. You missed it. Oh, there we go. Is this? I was complaining that we didn't know about Rick ah, Fox because I was want to know why Celtics career. Uh, it's probably because you opened it on your computer, so it didn't show up as not read on my computer. So I didn't know that we had already read it. But anyways, let's jump in to Rick Fox. Uh, thank you, RJ. Again, we're doing some more learning from RJ's email check-ins. Thank you for the off-season content. Again, very grateful. Sam can rest easy. I've got him covered. Before this guy won three wings with the Lakers and married Vanessa Williams, he was co-captain of the Celtics in 96-97. Yep, today's dark age of Celtics is Rick Fox. Again, 96-97 spotlight on the prettiest Celtic ever. ever. Uh, pretty nice, covers a lot of Fox's career. He's a pretty nice teammate. He's a pretty nice role player. He was from Toronto, so I'm guessing he was a pretty nice guy too. He was likely... The right person to be team captain in the last year of ML Carr's coaching experience, which resulted in the Celtics' worst winning percentage ever at 18.3%. <clears throat> as they took a year-long dive for Tim Duncan, which, again, ultimately did not happen. <clears throat> he was one of the Celtics' four principal starters alongside David Wesley, who we learned about recently, Eric Williams, and rookie Antoine Walker. Walks was a six set Fox, excuse me, was a six-seven small forward drafted late in the first round out of North Carolina who didn't have a dominant skill and did just a little bit of everything okay. 96-97 was the best year of Fox's 13-year career. He averaged 15, 5, and 4, and was fifth in the league in steals at 2.2 per game. It was also his final year as the Celtics as he joined the Lakers next season. Why Fox? Besides Sam asking about him. In the clip, Mike Gorman calls him an all-purpose player, and that's a good description for his game. If there are glue guys, Fox was a grout guy. He could fill in the gaps. The dark days Celtics has a lot of these who wound up becoming starters because there wasn't anyone better than them on the roster. Uh, fine injuries, salary considerations, tanking to get a future hall of famer, whatever. But when your filler guy highlights his skills and shows he can help a team out, that's what the time to flip him in a trade. And Fox, like Wesley left the Celtics for a grand total of bupkis in return. The Celtics released him in July, two months after Patino came on board and the Celtics wow. traded their GM to the heat. No, really they traded their GM to the heat. Uh, I believe this is going to show me they traded ML Carr or something. Who did they trade? Which GM did they trade? Traded Chris Wallace in a 97 second round pick uh, to the heat for a second round pick. So there you go. <clears throat> trade trivia, Sam, don't look. Even though he did not play for Boston, Fox was a part of the trade that brought a starter for the 2008 championship team to the Celtics. Which starter do we know? 
I have no idea. I mean, I can see it on the sheet, but I don't know. <laughs> Rondo is the answer. August 6, 2004, traded by the Lakers with Gary Payton in a 2006 first-round pick. Rondo was later selected to the Celtics for Chucky Atkins, Jermaine Jones, and Chris Mim. There we go. Uh, more fun facts. Fox was the first player to wear number 44 after Danny Ainge was traded. Uh, and other finally, he is a really look good-looking guy who has managed to have a pretty nice acting career. Shout out Rick's Fox for his acting career. I assume you did know about Rick Fox, seeming as you asked yeah, about him on the I last sure did. That's, that's how we got the emails. I asked. <clears throat> there we go. All right. Well, thank you again to RJ for tuning in or emailing yes. us uh, with an update, filling us in on the dark ages of the Celtics as we were not around <laughs> to live through those dark ages, which I'm very grateful for, but it means we have a gap of knowledge. All right. The next thing we have is Charles Barkley talked about Kristaps Porzingis and normally this wouldn't matter but one it's September so any Celtics content is content we're going to talk about and two this is a, a trade that has divided a lot of Celtics you know fandom and just NBA world I feel like has been debating about this trade so Charles Barkley was on the Bill Simmons podcast uh, and when asked about the Porzingis Marcus Smart trade said I think it's worth the gamble he doesn't have to be your best player he doesn't have to be your second best player both of which are true but I just thought it was refreshing to see somebody say something good about the trade because it's been pretty much all negative from what i've seen in the media yeah i mean i listened to chuck talk to bill simmons when it came out and simmons prompted him on this obviously being a big celtics guy and yeah. chuck had some good words he he kind of talked it's interesting that you bring this up so barkley was talking to bill simmons about when he was playing and when he was with the sixers he ended up getting traded to phoenix but beforehand he really was pushing to go play for portland and he went and like mm -hmm. actually had a meeting with like Portland's front office, which is whack when you hear about it today. And you're like, wow, like no tampering, whatever. Right. Like the <laughs> player was like, hey, let's chat. And he was like, listen, you have the best team. Like you're getting uh, a great regular season record. You're playing really well, but you're losing the playoffs. Why are you losing the playoffs? It's because according to Barkley, Portland was a really great team. and They could outrun teams and run them off the floor. But when the game slowed down the playoffs, they could not play in the half court. So by getting yeah. somebody like Chuck who could play out of the low post, it would really help them in tight games where they needed a bucket, they needed something on offense, and they weren't getting it. So apply that to last season Celtics, a team that sucked closing games and has sucked for years because they struggle in the half court. What do they do? They bring in somebody that can somewhat play out of the post Maybe it's going to change their late game execution, how good they are. If I'm able to actually talk during a podcast without freezing, who knows? We can really just dream. <laughs> Sam has been struggling, but uh, you guys won't see that. I cut that out. Um, it's funny you mentioned the uh, Barkley to Portland thing, though. Uh, a couple of years ago, it was 2018, I found it. Uh, Charles Barkley complained that the Blazers never reimbursed him for travel expenses. And so they wrote him a check and Dame delivered it to Chuck on the inside the NBA <laughs> podcast, uh, broadcast, which is funny. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, I was on, um, I did Celtics beat with Evan Valenti, friend of the pod the other night. Nice. And, and we talked about like, or I ranted about it. Like it seems like people just aren't as excited for the Porzingis trade because you know, the, the plantar fasciitis, the injury concern, the fact that Marcus Smart is gone, all of which are like valid reasons to be down on it. But Porzingis is a really good player. He was an all-star caliber guy last year. He averaged 24 and eight, like shot nearly 50, 40 from the field. I'm very excited about it. It's nice to see some positivity about the Porzingis move in the media. Thank you. Charles Barkley is basically all I wanted to say. We don't have to spend too much time on it, but I thought it was uh, something good. All right. Next thing we have is something I saw Sam getting mad at on Twitter, which 
had to bring it up here. A recent mock draft from Draft Digest had Bronny James picked to 24, and I saw you get mad at this on Twitter because yeah. of some Celtics no, no people brought up No need to just get me more mad. I'm going to have a stroke <laughs> as it is with this shitter net. Do, if you're thinking about changing your provider, do not buy these Linksys nodes. They are fucking dog shit terrible. Verizon is terrible. So if you're thinking about either of them, I advise you to not go in that direction as I freeze once again on my screen I cannot see Jack he's not moving now he's moving so I don't think I actually froze because sometimes when I freeze it just freezes for me and then Jack sees me throw a fit so thank you very much to Linksys and Verizon for just being the absolute worst yeah and early rattling of uh speaking of the absolute worst in your eyes you're out on the idea of LeBron in Boston I yeah I'd rather I'd have to take a year off like you would have to find somebody else to do these shows with you because yeah. I would not want to support the team. I mean, they almost lost me this summer trading smart away, which felt like a kick in the balls just to circle back to the Porzingis thing, even though it's, it's like a good move. And, you know, I went into what Chuck had to say and why it makes sense and applies to this year's team, but it still sucks. Like that's somebody you really rooted for yeah. somebody that really embodied the Celtics. If you bring in LeBron, like I don't want to root for LeBron. Why the hell would I want to root for LeBron? That's terrible. <laughs> Absolutely not. No. Did you see the context behind this? Excuse me, behind this, like, Bronny to the Celtics idea? No. Well, so they have I, a zillion second-round picks? No, I mean, I, I, I asked that because I looked for it, right? I saw this on Twitter. I saw you tweet about it. I'm like, okay, we can talk about that on the pod. It can be something because like we it. need content. And, um... I, I Googled it and it wasn't even a thing. It, this mock draft that was made didn't have Bronny James to the Celtics. It had Bronny James going 24th. And then somebody who writes about the Celtics said, oh, the Celtics could pick in that range. Could they pick LeBron, uh, Bronny James? And let me let me read you this real quick. Well, good for them for being creative. No, it, it's there's a point where it's creative. And I'm not going to say the author because I'm going to crap on it. They headlined the piece. Here's why LeBron James will likely retire with the Boston Celtics. That was the headline of the article. Do we know this person? Uh, no, we don't personally know okay. them. Like, we've never talked to them on the show. Um, but the only connection that was made was this draft digest did a, a mock draft, and it was just had Bronny James going 24th. There were no teams attached. There were no, like, okay, this team will probably pick here. It just had him ranked as the 24th prospect on a big board. It wasn't even a mock draft. It was a big board. And had him 24th. And the connection was, oh, the Celtics could pick around 24th. You know, and then they were saying drafting Bronny James could pave the way to signing LeBron James. And then they made the connection and said, oh, this this is why he'll probably likely retire with the Celtics. Like, that's just blatant clickbaiting, right? Like, that's just blatant misinformation. <laughs> oh, it is September. But there has been plenty of, oh, like LeBron's going to go play with his kid or whatever. I'm not really well, yes. sure his son's going to get drafted. Like, I'm not even sure it's a good mock draft. No, no, no. LeBron, Bronny James is, is I've seen him go like higher than 24 in some mock drafts. Too. Like he's going to be good. And the worst part is I know I wouldn't want LeBron in Boston either because it's no, no. It's but like Bronny James probably would be an okay fit with the Celtics. Like Maybe. he is a defensive minded playmaking point guard who can shoot the ball pretty well, which sounds like something the Celtics could use. It's just, you don't really want to bring the dad to Boston. Cause that probably wouldn't go well. No, that would be god awful. That would be the worst thing ever. That yeah. I I almost am just curious like what the reception would be and I'd probably be so disappointed cuz these people would be like, "Oh my god." Like you'd get all like the casual people, they'd be like, "Oh my god, they got LeBron." Like all like the Patriots people would start going to games. 
it would actually mm. be like a disaster. It w- it would be our nine eleven. I mean, I like I'm looking at mock drafts here, and Bronny James is like going in the twenties in most of them. So he's like a first round talent at the very least, and he hasn't played in college yet. You wonder how much of that is because of the dad, like his dad going where he's going. It is what it is, but. I just I can't believe like I like I said I sure like I said I I went through to like find oh what was the connection was he drafted to the Celtics was he like mocked there and it was literally just a big board of him going in the mid-20s where the Celtics could pick and then the title LeBron James is likely going to retire with the Celtics that that's just I can't back that I'm sorry that's 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 terrible (laughs) it's ridiculous um and so I just I thought that was nuts all right uh what I believe is well, go ahead, Noah. <laughs> no, I I saw you hit, hit enter on the show sheet, assuming you put in a freeze. No, no, no. no I'm good. I'm going to the next timestamp because we're going to move on to our next and final Celtics topic of the day, uh, which is an article written by Andrew Hughes of Hardwood Houdini, which I know Friends. Sam writes for, and I've uh, I've written for before. So shout out to Andrew. Thank you for giving us some content on this September day uh, or night. <laughs> but he wrote an article detailing. Some Celtics that could potentially uh, return to the Celtics and some that may not. So the title of the article was three potential future Boston Celtics reunions that feel possible and two that don't. So basically saying these three guys might return to the Celtics or could and these two probably couldn't. And uh, we'll start with the the first one he said that could, which is Daniel Tice, which is just if you're going to talk Celtics reunion, there's there's nobody that makes more sense than Daniel Tice at this point. I mean, he's already been here. Then they brought him back and. If there's anybody can't Brad get rid of them, for, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Update: uh, but, My router has finally turned red, so we could be on the way back. <laughs> Good. It's fi- it has go. finally decided it's tuckered out. Okay, it's back to being blue. We might be all the way back. Uh, oh, there we just go. like Daniel Tice, he could be all the <laughs> yeah. way back in Boston. The problem is he makes too much money. Like he makes almost 10 million yeah. a season, and it would be really hard to pay a guy that would be essentially your fourth string center almost 10 million dollars a season so yeah that makes it tough for me to believe i don't know what they would give up in that scenario i mean we we threw around the idea of them bringing in what a 12 million dollar guy and we were like how the hell would they even match this they couldn't well i mean he does have this season and then a team option which i have to imagine the pacers would decline so if the Celtics get him at a a minimum next year i'd love that i mean he's down that contract that contract was so weird that was like the rock rockets first dipping their pool in it hmm, should we overpay these guys a little bit to bring them on board and uh it didn't work but they still went with that pathway this summer so whatever for the rockets but the first probably not gonna happen reunion is aaron neesmith another pacer which probably makes sense i mean he's probably gonna get paid a little bit of money on his next contract he's looked pretty good with the pacers unless it's like way late like a joe johnson return it just doesn't seem like he's got a career in boston anymore no i don't think so i think the restricted free agency makes it very difficult i don't see Mm -hmm. any scenario where the celtics are offloading assets to bring him back so that kind of nixes the two avenues where he could return Mm -hmm. so yeah not happening but hope he plays well for the pacers yeah like neesmith uh, the next one warmed my heart a little bit, saying Grant Williams is a possible reunion. Uh, <laughs> the reasoning, I don't, think so. I, I don't think so either. But the reasoning Andrew said he's like at the contract value Grant Williams is at. It wouldn't surprise me if Brad Stevens went out and tried to trade for him or something goes wrong in Dallas down the line. Which, like, I guess makes sense, right? If you can compile assets to to get up to that salary number in the future, maybe it makes sense. 
I mean, I'd love Grant Williams back in Boston. That'd be my dream. But uh, I don't know if I agree with this one as much. I just, I just don't really see it happen. See, if they didn't want to just pay him, <laughs> yeah, then why would they want to give up assets <laughs> to bring him back? Especially when the whole draw of bringing Grant back, in my opinion, was the in case of emergency, if you need him, you have him mm-hmm. cap slot. So in this situation, they would not only have not done that, but then they would have to shoot themselves in the foot by giving up actual assets to pay him what they didn't want to pay him. Yep. Pretty much. Yeah, I, like I said, I don't agree. Uh, next one's going to make Sam mad. Probably unlikely is Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> I mean, it feels like it would have happened by now. Yeah. I, I still like you. Well, now you can, cause they've, they've made a roster it's move where Kyle. there's only one spot left. And I, if you had to go into my head, who would you rather have Isaiah or Blake? I would take Blake. Probably because he was yeah. with this group last year. He was great for the locker room. He gave them really good minutes when he was probably actually play, given yeah. time and responsibility. As for Isaiah, you're really not going to get much from him at this point. I don't think anytime he's out there, he's going to be targeted defensively, especially in a playoff scenario. Not that he would be getting minutes there as the 15th signing here, but when like, like really like who is more important to have on the team? Or, or does it really make a big difference if you sign Isaiah versus Fima Kailu? Seriously. Um, and don't just yeah. disagree for the sake of it. Like, I, if, I think if they're just hanging out, clapping matter. and warm ups, then it doesn't matter. No. And I, again, I listened to front office pod, Keith Smith, Trevor Lane, and Keith made the point. He's like, Sam Hauser and C. Mikhailu do similar things, but at the very least, like if Hauser gets cold for a month, you have C. Mikhailu there. So you have another guy who can play the same role. And another point, I think it was Evan Valenti. I was, I was talking to on Celtics, but he's like, as much shooting as you can put around Jason Tatum. He talked about like how he saw the stat about shot gravity and all the stuff like opening the floor for Tatum and Brown, having enough guys and a ton of guys who can just stand at the three point line and open up the lane. I think that's important is and even if it's just FEMA Kailu playing like 10 minutes when Sam Hauser is, is out or, or this many minutes when this person is hurt, like having a guy who can shoot 40% from behind the three point line. I do think if you, I mean, if you can have that guy in a minimum deal, you do it. So I, I do think it's, it's more value to have a guy who can legitimately play than just a guy who's there for basically theatrics. I love me some theatrics. I know. <laughs> I no, know. And nobody I, loves theatrics quite like I do. <laughs> And I, I think the appeal of Blake is that he is the theatrics, but can also play like he can actually give you minutes. So. Yes, <clears throat> I think that's the important part. But uh, the last one is a possible return, which is Mr. Marcus Smart, which I hope is true. I, I hope he I hope back it's true, but point. I think he but, should uh, tell them to screw. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. Not don't even know trying to rhyme. Just I, I just think he should tell them to get lost. Like, I don't know. I think they I still think they did him dirty. Mm-hmm. I, I don't like the whole thing. They better win. They better win. They better win. Well, there you go. <laughs> Sam's go-to. Um, all right. I think that's all we got for Celtics. We can move on to NBA and then get into the rat list after that. Uh, we're going to do our, our every show FIBA World Cup update. And we actually do have an update because they have officially moved on to the knockout stage. So it's not just me getting confused and trying to figure out what's going on with the FIBA World Cup. They are officially on to the knockout stage of the tournament. Uh, the United States lost to Lithuania in the last game of the group stage, which was their first and currently only loss of the tournament. But um, as you're listening to this, or maybe if you're listening to this early in the morning, not as you're listening to this, the U S plays Italy in their first knockout stage game at eight 30 on Tuesday. So 
if you're listening after 8.30, they are probably playing or have played. Um, And the other teams that are in the tournament, Germany is going to play Latvia, Lithuania will play Serbia, and Canada will play Slovenia. So the U.S. will play the winner of Germany and Latvia, and then if they win that, they'll go to the finals against the winner of the other bracket. But these games are interesting, man. I mean, Italy doesn't have any NBA players outside of, I think it's Simone Fontecchio is leading the way, and I think Nico Mannion might be playing too. So they don't have a ton of like current NBA talent on the team. Germany has Franz and Mo Wagner and Daniel Tyson Schroeder, so they're a little bit loaded. And then Latvia doesn't have Porzingis, but they kind of made a run anyways, which is good for them. Um, Lithuania-Serbia is the interesting one. It's like probably this team is just playing to who's going to lose to Slovenia or Canada. And then Luka versus Canada is going to be very fun to watch. That's probably the best game of the current stage of the tournament. But uh, yeah, I mean, U.S. is on to the final eight, and and this is where games will probably be a bit more interesting because it is win or go home now. Maybe I'll watch. I'll be up tomorrow. Physical therapy early. There you go. Can't wait. Maybe catch um, the game. I think Canada's my personal favorite team. Like I would root for to win. I think they have an appropriate mix of good NBA players that you actually know who they are, and then just other guys. Where like <laughs> Slovenia is just Luca, and yeah, also Goran uh, Dragic. But yeah, yeah. Well, great. He's <laughs> 10 million years old and can't car <laughs> towards ACL. Um, I don't know. Germany, too. Like, I like Tice, so I would root for him. Sure. Two former Celtics on Germany. <laughs> Three. Three. Three former Celtics. Mo oh, Wagner. Yeah, Mo Wagner. Yeah. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Yeah. So just not the USA. <laughs> I'm out on patriotism. Hate, I actually hate the USA. I, I could not care less if they win. <laughs> there you go well they did lose to lithuania in their group stage game there um, actually should be a world cup without the usa just to see just to see who can do it <laughs> yeah just to like actually make it fun even though the usa is trying their best because they like compile a group of like okay players well i mean that makes it even more fun there. If, if the usa loses right that makes it even more fun <laughs> No, it's like, more fun when, if they uh, have like a stack team and then they shit the bed. Well, I mean, years ago, Argentina won gold in the Olympics, and that was like, yeah, that was a fluke. Because, thing, well, they did it though. <laughs> no, it, sure it, did. It's in the record books. <laughs> um, some other small storylines with USA. People are laughing at Jaron Jackson Jr. on Twitter because he's had one rebound in the last two USA games. Good for him. And, yeah, uh, no, somebody else can hit the glass. He's probably for, tired out. For the context, um. USA lost to Lithuania in their last group stage game. Uh, the rebounding difference was 43 to 27 and 18 to nine on the offensive glass in favor of Lithuania. If I USA. cared, I'd be so upset. <laughs> USA just getting smoked because they're rolling out Josh Hart at the four. Um, who's a good rebounder, but you, you need to yeah, you try to get me to take Josh Hart and play him at the four in our little draft today. <laughs> this is true. Uh, and then, yeah, that, that's, that's all I got. People are asking for Tyrese Halliburton to play more. Uh, he shot two shots in their loss to Lithuania. So people are, people are not happy with that, but uh, anyways, next NBA thing we have checking in with the 76ers who are the star of the show this off season. Um, Joel Embiid quote unquote trusts Daryl Morey. Uh, I don't even, uh, this came from, Kyle Newbeck, I think. I'm sorry. No, wrong. Paul Hudrick of LibertyBallers.com. A source said Embiid, quote unquote, trusts Maury and managing partner Josh Harris and, quote, feels a loyalty to the organization for the way they supported him during early trials of his career. Now, if I'm Joel Embiid, get me out. (laughs) Let me leave. I don't want to. And I I understand the, the concept of 
and I know he played ball in, in the U.S., but like he's from Cameroon, so like international players feeling a loyalty to the team that drafted them. I, I this this I think it's a sinking ship. I think Maxi's great. I think they can surround Embiid with talent. The Harden situation's tough. If I'm Embiid and I have the chance to get to a team that has a better chance to win a title, I do it. But I, that's just me being a, a sadist. <laughs> yeah. See, I think Embiid might be the most connected guy with the city he plays in in the NBA. And I think I like who else? Like Marcus isn't here anymore. Well, you can laugh about it, but probably Dame before all this went down. I would say Dame or Giannis. But he's not anymore. Sure. Giannis, I think, is the other one. Okay, Giannis, but he's but even regardless. threatening to leave. He's like, sign my shitty brothers <laughs> and then I might stay. Like sure. Joel Embiid seriously seems to be bonded with Philly. The city Steph. likes him. Steph, sorry. Okay. I was thinking. Yeah, but I was just I was just thinking. He's like hands. old now. But yes, true. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Like, but like I mean a guy that like you're like teasing the idea the that he could leave. I know what you're like, saying. Like I there know, is I no know. doubt for Steph, he's gonna just finish there probably. Imagine. Imagine Steph's just like, Yeah, I don't know, guys. That's well, like Tony talk. Parker played for the Hornets at one time. It's true. This is true, this is true, this is true. But back to Embiid, like I don't feel like he's a guy. That's going to just skip town when it gets tough. I mean, he was already there for like the shitty process years, like yeah. alluded to in in this quote. Yeah, I I just think the NBA is going to come back to a time where guys are on or or a part of franchises for multiple editions of the team. I agree. Like, with you. I think over the last couple of years, we've really seen a. A shift. Just just blow it up and get rid of everybody without keeping any pieces just, just to get as many assets as we can. I think it's going to come back to being like, okay, well, we have this guy. So, I mean, Portland's kind of trying to do that, and they've failed. Back to your point. But no, I, I, know what you I mean, just though. think Embiid is the next guy to just be there, and like they'll still be okay, especially with somebody like Embiid. Like, I feel like in today's game, if you have a skilled big guy like him, that's strong. He can rebound. He gets the free throw line like crazy. You're always going to be somewhat competitive. No, I agree. I, I think this younger generation or this new generation of stars is like that. Like you look at Embiid. I, I do understand like the concept of him not going anywhere. I don't think Jokic will go anywhere. I don't think Giannis will end up going anywhere. I feel like Luca has a chance to spend his whole career there. Even like the American born guys. Like I, I know I just mentioned about international players because I made that argument. Like I feel like Ja seems like the type of guy just Tatum kind of does feel that way too. Tatum without, is without well, a bias guy. to it, like it just is starting to feel like that to me. I know it's not exactly the same, but like it's not really his fault. Like I feel like Shea probably won't leave Oklahoma City. I know he started in LA, but like he feels like a guy who could just stick it out with them and build Maybe. with them. <laughs> even like even like um. Anthony Edwards, like, I, I mean, maybe that's our next segue, but <laughs> uh, I, I understand the concept of, I feel like it is shifting, but I'm going to use that as a segue that I actually didn't mean to do, and I just forgot what was on the sheet, um, but Pat Bev thinks the opposite of me. Pat Bev was on Gilbert Arenas' podcast and go, he will get out of Minnesota. That's just what happens. That's no disrespect to Minnesota. It's just the personality. He could change the world. Thank you for finally changing the background. I've been off, but... uh. Yeah, Pat Bev was just like, yeah. We're tired as fuck, dude. That's fine. <laughs> We're mad tired. Pat was just like, yeah, Ant's going to leave. <laughs> he's he's going to be gone eventually. <laughs> Again, not everybody needs a microphone. Pat Bev kind of should have a microphone, though. He's fire. Yeah, but he's all I, I just don't like stuff like this. Like, why? 
now now Anthony Edwards is going to have to deal with people probing him on this. Yep. Because Pat Bev went on an Gilbert Arenas's podcast <laughs> on whatever network it is that he's on, Showtime maybe, or one of the betting networks. No idea. No idea. Like I don't know. Like who cares, dude? Like Pat Bev has his own pod with Barstool. Like cool, cool, fine. I I just don't like the. Imagine if somebody said this with Jalen Brown. Yep. Imagine a player came out and said he's going to leave. <laughs> the absolute chaos that would have ensued with us in the media and in the fan base. No thanks. This doesn't. This is just unnecessary crap. Like, yeah, I don't even think. I mean, Andrew signed an extension. He did. Yeah. He did, this is so like the last that. time to ever be like he's not going to play there anymore. He also said. That personality, he could change the world, <laughs> which is just like Pat, <laughs> my, my man. I wonder who else is, could have said that about. This is like uh, Cat changed the game. <laughs> it's true. They do a lot of changing in Minnesota. I mean, I understand it from Pat It is funny, though. Pat played with Ant in Minnesota, and there's like, yeah, he's going to leave. He's, he's That's what I mean. Out. Like, this is just like, I don't know. I'd be pissed if I'm Anthony Edwards. Even if he does want to leave, like, you don't need this. This yeah. is a distraction. Minnesota. <clears throat> Minnesota realistically could be somewhat competitive in the West. They're set up to be that way. Anthony Edwards, by all accounts, is ready to take a big jump. Carl Anthony Towns has been hanging around the star, superstar level for years. And Gobert is a joke, but like at the same time, he's been (laughs) defensive player of the year before. Like if all goes right for Minnesota, they could be, I don't know, what, fifth, sixth in the West? Like if they have a good season, if Anthony Edwards plays really well. They have good role players. Jade McDaniels is good. He he looks like he could be a star, at least on the defensive end. Mike Conley's there. Kyle Anderson's there. Like they've got a decent Conley. team. <clears throat> Mike Conley's good. They've got a good team. That's what I'm saying. Like, this is just unfair to Anthony Edwards, and it's unfair to the Timberwolves. <laughs> it's just Agreed. not fair. I will say though, not defending Papev's statement, but the Timberwolves do have probably the worst track record in the NBA when it comes to keeping stars. Oh, yeah. Right? I mean, <clears throat> probably what happens worse. there. <laughs> Uh, all right, uh, let's bump my last thing. We can talk about it on the next pod, and we're going to oh, Sam's Reddit, Reddit post, post of the day. Do we not have a Reddit post? No, I have it, but I just forgot oh, yes, on the yes. sheet. That's fine. That's fine. All right. Reddit post today? So, Reddit post of the day. Didn't put the user's name because I was too tired. That's fine. Fuck Who is the best mercenary player in the league or mercenary players in the league? Everyone knows who the franchise cornerstones are and their loyal supporting cast. But there are consistently positive players who move from team to team and never quite find a home. Which ones are at the top? Not just because they ball out as tank commanders during a sub-500 season, but because they actually contribute to winning basketball. They help push their squads over that hump, whether it be as a leader or a crucial depth piece. Their signing indicates a contending season. Anybody Mm. off the top of your head? That's a great question. Um... It feels like I wanted to say KCP because he was on that Lakers team and he was on uh, the what's I was say the, the Nuggets. Nuggets. Danny Green, Prime Danny, Danny Green's, Green's a good one. <clears throat> yeah, Danny Green's probably the best one because he what he went Spurs and then he won a title in Toronto, then he won a title in LA, and then he was yes. pretty good on those Sixers teams. That's probably the top one for me off the top of my head. Do you have any any ideas? Uh, another good comment was Pat Bev. Pepper Bev has bounced around. He joined Philly this year. Uh, That person also said the OG was Robert Ori. 
Dude would pop mm, up yep. everywhere, nail some big time shots, and then win a ring. That's another good yeah, choice. That's I'm trying to think one. of uh, Celtics related guys that could really fit here. Uh, that's a tough one. I think JJ Redick, maybe. Um, I'm trying to th- like, yeah, I'm trying to think of like the best Rondo. metric I could look up to. Uh, what's the best Jeff metric Green. I could Google to like find players like this? Like, what 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 would I even search to find this? <clears throat> that's like what I'm trying to look for right now, but I don't even know. Somebody put Jay Crowder as a perfect example of this. So as soon as I asked for like Celtic love, I scrolled and then saw everybody yeah. putting old Celtic players on this. I would say Iguodala, but Seth Curry, sure. I, I want Iguodala. There you go. I'm trying to think of like title teams going back and thinking who just like popped up on title teams and, and, and won. But I mean, the last like few decades, there have only been a few teams that won a title individual or individually outside of dynasties, right? Like the Warriors won multiple, the Spurs won multiple, the Heat won multiple. <clears throat> if you go to recent years, like PJ Tucker's a good one because he won with the Bucks. Danny Green was a good one because he won with multiple of these teams in between dynasties. <clears throat> the Nuggets won this year. That's why I said KCP and Jeff Green would make sense. Warriors, no. Bucks, JaVale. PJ, PJ Tucker. Won with a, he won with Golden State and then the Lakers. And Lakers, yeah, that's a not bad one. Um, on that Raptors team, it was just Danny Green. Like he was, you could probably go back and find a quote unquote mercenary on every title team. Like, PJ what Tucker about was that on uh, the Raptors team? That was after his time, right? Yeah, I meant um, Danny Green. Sorry, if I you said no, no, you said Danny Green, but I made me think. Oh no, no, no! I don't think um, no. PJ Tucker wasn't on that team. Uh, who was on that Dallas team? That like that was just a lot. Steve Kerr is the guy. He won like yeah. four titles in a row, and then he mm-hmm. got a fifth one. With the Spurs, yeah. um, his second with the Spurs, but it was his fifth Corey, total. Corey Brewer won a title in Dallas. I had no idea what? Corey Brewer won a ring. Yeah, Corey Brewer won a ring. <laughs> he must have been a rookie. <laughs> he was in his fourth season. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> in Dallas. I didn't even he was, know he played for Dallas. He tr- he got traded to Dallas halfway through the season, played 13 games with them, played in six playoff games, won a ring, and never played for Dallas again. Good for him. <laughs> That's incredible. Good for Corey Brewer. I mean, mercenary Corey Brewer, mercenary. He made the playoffs a lot. That's a lie. No, he didn't. But uh, I feel like the best place for mercenaries were those James Harden Rockets teams. They were just compiling like, okay, let's get all these vets. Right? I mean, PJ Tucker come Jeff stand Green, in the corner. Trevor Ariza. I want to go back to it. Trevor Ariza could be an okay one. He won a one ring, right? He won with the Lakers, and that's it. But he was on a bunch of good teams, right? Like he was on. I wonder the a good question to be who has made the playoffs with the most different teams, and I, I don't know the answer off the top of my head, but I feel like that'd be a good question. Like Trevor Ariza made the he run, Trevor Ariza made the playoffs with six different franchises in his career, so like that's probably up there. Rondo made the playoffs with Celtic, Dallas, six. Uh, yep. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Player. Player oh, fun. Vince Carter has maybe? made playoffs with most different. I'm Googling teams. <clears throat> Vince Carter has made the playoffs with. Let's take a look here. Sorry, this is Toronto. just like the best metric I was thinking of to uh, New Jersey. Just five. Orlando. For Vince Carter. Just five. Five for Vince. Patrick Beverly is probably one. I mean, just three, actually. I guess he was in the same teams. Uh, JJ Reddick made the playoffs like every year of his career up until a certain point. He's made it, but only four franchises. Yeah, I don't know. Um, oh, it's probably just like, like I bet a bunch of those Jeff Green teams made the playoffs. Like just the guys who played for the most teams probably. I mean, would, Jeff yeah. Green, Celtics from the playoffs when he was eight, eight, yeah. yeah. And then Ishmith has made the playoffs with 
at six. Actually, that's kind of bad for Smith. <laughs> Only six of his squads made the playoffs. Teams. <clears throat> yeah. All right. Good question. I, Danny Green's probably the best answer, but good question. Let us know if you have any in the comments, and uh, we will move on to the Ratless now. I know Sam's had a long day, so I'm just going to let you have the floor here for a moment. I'll put I'll put Matt there on the screen. I'll let you talk. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, you may say, Sam, why are you here at uh, midnight recording the rat list on a Monday? Yeah. To which I would reply to you. Uh, well, another Thai restaurant has wronged me. This was a different one. This is a different Thai restaurant. <laughs> so my girlfriend and I went to Block Island today. And on the way back, driving up through South County, we stopped at a Thai place. Actually, you are I, oddly enough. There you go. Um, so we go in there. We had gotten off the ferry around 7, put in the order, get there around 7.25-ish, right? Sure. We didn't leave until probably like 9 p.m. We didn't yeah. get our food till like 8.40. We were just Yikes. sitting in there. I did my fantasy football draft from the restaurant. Yes, we did do it. I'm in the league, yeah. We can talk. About so that, in a second. Yeah. that was just absolutely exhausting. It was an exhausting day. I was out in the sun. I was up early. I was driving. I was all around walking, <laughs> just hot. Like, I mean, it was a fine day. We can talk about Block Island a bit, I guess. But <laughs> just the, the the cherry on top, the Wi-Fi. Yep. But the, the weight at this time. I mean, I would love to know what order set them back so far, because it was not just me. Like, there was a big line this one guy was mad as hell he was like he just kept like asking them he's like is it ready like just lurking around the counter making Those us all uncomfortable yeah so i don't know I'm, I'm too tired to really like put together a coherent story but yeah we waited far too long <laughs> yeah you were not a not a happy camper in the fantasy football draft not a ratless but I, sam and i are in a fantasy football league and I, uh, how, how did your team turn out? I'm curious. I didn't even I don't know. Your team. I, I honestly, I literally could not tell you, Jack. I don't know anything about football. <laughs> I ended I, up I'll with, tell you in five weeks. <laughs> that's fine. I got Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews because I decided to be an asshole and just take two tight ends in the first four rounds. Um, I'm trying to think of Ratless I had today. Um, I once again got the, I'm just going to show you a little, you know, screen here at Starbucks. Please let me know if you would like a, uh, to leave a tip here. So that was fun, but I keep Tipping going back because the food's good. <clears throat> yeah. It's not fun. Um, outside of that though, not, not too okay. much to complain. Ratless about, so Henry. Keep, keep Henry going, took yeah. his sweet fucking time. Every time he made a pick in his fantasy <laughs> football draft, yeah, he must've took it. the entire minute and a half, at least six times. I told him to speed it up a couple times. Then I gave up because I just didn't want to, he was sitting next to me doing it, but it's just I. What, what is he do? doing? He just likes to take his time, man. Calling his you. fucking other executives on his team. He he takes his time, man. I he's uh, that's all I got. He just Andrew just likes to take his time drafting his fantasy teams. He he takes the full minute thirty that he's allotted. So that's uh, yeah. You got to have more rattles today. You. I'm just trying to think of where I was. I didn't write him down. I didn't write him down. Mm-hmm. We'll go ratless the sun, dude. The sun was brutal today. Listen, I'm not sunburnt, and I'm outside enough where I kind of am like, like I'm exposed yeah. enough where I'm not going to get brutally burned from one day. And I wore sunscreen. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. But it was just beaten down on me all day. I also, Block Island kind of overrated. You ever gone? I've never been to Block Island, though. No. So 
it's kind of cool. Like I, I had a good time. Like it was cool to go to another part of my state that I'd never been to. I, I like to go all over Rhode Island, like, especially this time of year. It's fun to explore. So we take the ferry, get there. I think Newport's better. It's like we did not go mm. throughout the whole island. Like we didn't. We didn't really have time. Didn't want to ride the bikes. I did not want to fall off the bike and hurt myself. I didn't need that. All I needed sure. to get hurt again. Are there bikes? What what bikes? What is what is? You can rent bikes like bikes on Block Island, just like okay. yeah, got, to like ride you. around. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, would love to stay there and do a run. That'd be fun. <clears throat> go <throat> run around. That's the best time to run is when you're on vacation. You just like go out and it's like you're sightseeing, so you're gonna get tired. But it was just like ice cream shops, like souvenir shops. The beach was nice. We went to this Ballard's where mm. uh, last year there was a brawl. Did you hear about the brawl last year? <laughs> no. <laughs> it dominated the news cycle for like two weeks. It was like the last major arc of my news career. Uh, I had no idea. So essentially Ballard's is like a restaurant on Block Island, but they also have like on their property is beach. So like <clears throat> sure, you go in there, you don't have to pay to use their beach or anything, which is kind of cool. But these dudes like got into a brawl at Ballard's and then the same day. So you have to take a ferry, obviously, because it's an island mad far away from the coast. Yeah. Brawl on the ferry. So this was just like a day of brawls. The same guys. I don't know if it was the same people or not, (coughs) but it was just like a series of events where people were fired (laughs) up for whatever reason. Imagine taking a ferry and then you get to the the mainland again and then just all of the cops are there. Like that's what happened to these dudes. But Ballard's was fine. Overpriced food because you're on an island, you just get railed. Terrible. Yeah. <laughs> but it was fine. Um, I enjoyed the beach, oddly enough. I, t- I still can't get over the sand. Out they the need beach. to have they some kind of solution sand. for the sand. Because you bad. can't get it off your feet. They had a little foot like thing, a foot sprinkler. I still couldn't get it off. Yeah, out on the beach. I don't think there's a way you can spin the beach for it to be like a positive experience. For well, me. I'll say that sand, bad. very clean. The sand there was very clean. There wasn't shells. There wasn't rocks. I w- it was very smooth. The waves were fun. Sure. Right. I was getting thrown around by the waves like I was a little kid. It was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Dude, yeah, I mean, I, sure. But... I got dragged back by one of the waves. I had like a pocket full of sand. This, the... Yeah, it's terrible. No, like it, it was like literally in my pocket. No, I like, know what it, you mean. It's bad. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like I'm aware. <laughs> I mean, seaweed's still the worst for me. We had a guy comment in our video. There was no seaweed. seaweed. There was no seaweed. It was phenomenal. the cleanest. Like, honestly, power rankings, beach, maybe Block Island number one. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that's great. The seaweed's the worst thing for me. We had a guy comment on our, like, uh, on our podcast when I rat seaweed saying, like, seaweed contributes to 80% of the world's auction, which, hey, thank you, seaweed. Stay away from me. Okay, you hey. want to you want a rat list that's gonna like piss people off is paper straws. Sure. Paper I straws agree. have a great purpose. I had a paper straw today. <laughs> terrible. Paper straws are terrible. I'm sorry. Can't do it. <laughs> people should get also. You know what else? Rat list. Paper bag. Yeah. So yes, as as like a society, we have all of a sudden ditched the plastic bag, probably for good reason. Yeah, but <laughs> I really kind of hate how everything's a paper bag now. You go to stop and shop. It's all paper bags. They don't have a system yet where, like, with the plastic bags, they had them all on the rack. You just, like, mm-hmm. open it, put the stuff in. When you're done, you take it off, put it away. And the next one's waiting for you. The paper ones, they just have them all folded. It's like you do it. Yeah, no, it's bad. And the worst ones are the paper bags with no handles. Like, some paper bags have handles for you to, like, use. I haven't seen one with the handles in a while. Like, I'm aware yeah. they exist. No, no, no. Mind no, you, no. the ones with handles are shit because they're, the, still they're just great. weak. Mm-hmm. 
because they're just stapled on. Like it's not actually secure; it's just stapled onto the bag. The best, which the is best bad. bag of all time is the the paper bag, but you put the plastic on the outside, so you get mm. the the strength of the paper bag, but you also get the durability sure. of the plastic handle. Yeah, W. I, best yeah. bags are Target bags. Target bags are good. I like Target bags. What other things are bad for the environment that we can be like? We love that. <laughs> maybe maybe this isn't the path that we go down today. Maybe we cut it. Maybe we stop. Maybe, maybe we, we cut can, it. Not cut it from the show. Maybe we cut, cut out the talk. Uh, actually, you. When's the last time you've been to Starbucks? Like recently, or you been a minute? I went to Starbucks. Well, I technically went to Starbucks yesterday because I went to Target. Sure. Starbucks straws are worse than paper straws. Starbucks straws, they try to make this balance. Yes, they try to make this balance of, okay, it's a little plastic, but it's also paper. And the texture of the straw is like grating nails on a chalkboard on my teeth. It is is truly the worst straw out there. And on the way back, we went to ball last night. I know you didn't go. Uh, I stopped at uh, K. KFC on the way back. It was fine. It was normal. I'll tell you last time I KFC. Well, I went. I didn't have, I hadn't had food yet. Like I hadn't eaten that day um, yesterday. And I was like, I'm hungry. I need to eat something. And I went to McDonald's, but the McDonald's down there in Johnson is maybe the busiest fucking place I've ever seen in my life. It was horrible. It was busy. It's always busy. Um, So I went to KFC instead. It was fine. But KFC gave us paper straws. And so Ratlist, but. Did Henry uh, go? Henry was there. Yeah. Oh. Starbucks is worse um, because it's like a mix and it's terrible. I will Ratlist Henry again, though. Henry can be double Ratlist today. Henry's kind of a rat. Henry, we were warming up for basketball, and Henry is the type of guy who will chase every single one of his rebounds during warmups. Oh, every rebound! Every <laughs> rebound. Excellent ratless. Oh my God, Henry, let me fucking warm up. I'm not going to race you across the court for your rebound. Stop. <laughs> let let me get great the ball. Ratless. Thank that you. might be oh the best ever ratless because. If you don't know, and you probably do because this is a basketball podcast, but when you're warming up for basketball and you only have one ball, it's make it, take Mm -hmm. it. You make the shot, you get the ball back. You miss. Whoever gets the rebound, it's their shot, and then you get a layup. This is an important thing that you should not fuck with because it's how everybody warms up. And there are so many rat like ways to go about this. So one of them is the way that Henry goes about this. But another way (laughs) are the people that don't know about like the layup part like they just take the ball and then they go start shooting but you don't get your layup so that's the worst but henry just vigorously chasing after rebounds so jack can't warm up in my head is a hilarious picture when he missed you should have just said something funny so he laughed and then just lost all like (laughs) well i'm not like (laughs) he just collapsed everyone else was warming up the other side so i didn't i didn't make a huge deal of it i was like whatever i'll just fucking get the ball when i get it but like he all of his misses too were short so he'd just be getting every single one and then when it went to the other side of the court he would like sprint and so i just i didn't get the ball I just didn't get to play. That is a fantastic rattler. Henry also is is. the type of guy, which you respect it because when it's on your team, it's good. But Henry just like, Henry will kill you for every rebound. He will not let you get in the box for a rebound, like in in the paint for a rebound. He will physically muscle you out. And after like six games of stuff, Henry's still doing that. I'm like, you know what, Henry? Take the rebound. I'm tired. I don't give a fuck anymore. It's yours, buddy. Like, and so, uh, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I need to teach him some more etiquette. Well, we'll roast him maybe next time. Uh, the issue was pissing me off, though. I, I'm sitting there. I hadn't shot in like maybe three minutes of shooting. I'm just like, dude, can I please have the ball? <laughs> I was you know who else it, is man. the worst? Is uh, yeah. 
the worst person to warm up with is Joe. Because Joe, <laughs> nobody takes longer to get a shot off like when they're warming up than Joe. Yeah, He'll I like, see. I don't know what it is. He's just so fucking slow. And it <laughs> infuriates me. He'll like do like dribbles and stuff. But like, it's not like stuff he would do in a game. It's like just just catch and shoot. Oh, what... he loves the uh, he loves the tween tween step back Harden. I've seen him do it. Yeah, he but like you're movie. warming up and you never do that. <clears throat> no, Joe will never pull that out in the game. No, I did pull that in the game the other day. We were smoking him, so it was like uh, <clears throat> I was on a team with I can name drop it. It was Jaron and Raul, right? And so they were just running sure. up and down the court, scoring every basket, right? I I didn't touch the ball in offense. I I played like I, I told them I was like I was like automatic quarterback in in flag football, but on defense I just stayed back and played defense. Yes. Um, but by the end of the game they're like, "Yo, go go shoot some threes, go make a three. And so I was just going up. The, there was like a minute and a half left in this game. We were only up by six, right? But I I just ran up the court and just did step back, step back, tween. I was just chucking threes. I missed every single fucking one. But uh, we still won the game. It was fine. I, I couldn't shoot for shit yesterday. That was bad. I couldn't make anything again. Maybe because I didn't get to fucking warm up. Yeah, maybe. maybe not. Oh, this guy. Fucking Henry, man. All right. Wrap it up. That's I'm all. I got. Yeah, that's all I got for Ratless. Thank you. For, I'm surprised you went that long for Ratless. Thank you all for tuning in to the show. I'll put How About Them Celtics back on the screen so you guys can subscribe. Subscribe to How About Them Celtics. Help us out. We're almost at 1,250. I believe we're like six away right now. We're at one, mm. two, four, four right now. So Sunday's pod did well, too. Out. So thank you for that. It did. As much yeah. as I, I like it when the smaller videos do well and it disappointed with the note. I less for I, shit about the smaller. Except for the I, ones that I like contribute to where I'm like, <laughs> oh, I like this idea. And then two people watch it. And I'm like, yeah. wow, I'll go die. No, I thank you for listening to the full length pods. Those are what I care about the most. And I know Sam's the same way. So appreciate you guys for tuning in. Make sure to check us out on Apple and Spotify. Leave us five stars. Actually do that helps us out a lot. If you leave us a review and five stars, stuff like that, help promote us in the algorithm that way. So during the season, we will be up there with the big boys, which is where we're aiming to be. Uh, And leave us a comment on YouTube. Those are my favorite things. Thanks to guys like RJ and uh, Joey Spatulas, who Joey Spatulas on playback. If you haven't, I know you're going to plug it too, but go check out us on playback. We'll watch some games as well. But, uh, I will uh, let Sam wrap us up so he can go to sleep. Thank you very much for listening or watching. If you're watching, you're on the YouTube, whether that is ours, CLNS's or CLNS's other one. Subscribe. If you're on ours, hit the notification bell so you don't miss any of those other uploads that aren't the pods because those go to our channel exclusively. You can also find us on Spotify and Apple, like Jack said. Five-star reviews there. Be nice. You can find us on socials. At How About Them Seas, that's Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. The Facebook page is just the name of the podcast. You can find Jack at Jack's Money NBA. You can find me at Sam LaFrance NBA. That's it for us. Bye.